0: And it's crazy because like like look at everything that i went through i would do it all over again to be to be where i am now you know so even through the pain there's going to be purpose
1: welcome to open heart raw story the
0: podcast
1: spotlighting the raw honest stories of everyday people leading extraordinary lives tune in weekly to hear special guests share and openly disclose their challenges and traumas, along with the pivotal shifts they made to transform their lives, step into their power, and inspire the lives of others. These are the stories that epitomize the hero's journey and stand as living proof that deep healing and transformations are possible. Hello, family. Welcome to Open Heart Raw Story, the podcast spotlighting the raw and honest stories of everyday people leading extraordinary lives. On this episode, I am so thrilled to have someone who, in my opinion, is an automatic joy trigger in my mind. She triggers joy in my mind. Uh, She is a trained Zumba teacher a group fitness instructor with an AFA, which is an aerobic and fitness certification, as well as a health and wellness coach with a personal training certification from ACE, which is the American Council of Exercise. And what I love about her in her wonderful website, she has right at the top that she firmly believes in progress, not perfection. And that is her true mantra. And boy, do we need that as we are going through our journeys called life as human beings, understanding that it's not about progress and not Perfection. So it is my deepest honor to welcome to the show Jasmine Cologne. Yay.
0: Yay. <laughs> Hi. I'm just so thrilled to be here to talk with you, to chat with you. It's an honor.
1: Oh, the the pleasure and the honor is all mine. I'm always so grateful when people are able to take the time out out of their very busy schedules to. Spend time with me and share their stories because, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not ready to share my full story yet. And I always think like, you know, my opinion, it is a strength of courage and you could be a model of courage for somebody else um, that can be listening. So I'm excited to have you on the show.
0: Thank you. Super excited to be here as well.
1: Awesome. So for the listeners, just want to give you guys a little background on how Jasmine and I met. So we actually met through a local gym I used to attend in Long Island. And she was, I guess, like she was kind of just coming into the gym. She was a fairly new teacher. And I just remember just having this like, beautiful, positive, infectious energy when she started teaching Zumba. And it was just like an an honor of mine to really see her her following and her engagement with people just grow naturally and organically and because she just has such a strong root of joy and really wanting to see everyone win which is which I always find to be kind of like oh you have someone that just wants to see the best for you you want to make sure that you have them in your life because that is really what jasmine is all about and really you've always really held the space for people to move to exercise, but more so than that, just them being able to express joy through dance. So you're doing something on more of a spiritual cosmic level that I don't necessarily know if you know, but you're definitely holding space for people to really celebrate their joy, even if it's for an hour. So
0: I appreciate that so much. That's so, so kind of you. Um, That is that is everything to me that you say that um and i think it's definitely evolved over the years um i that is part of my purpose i feel like is is to be um to give someone that smile and to give someone um that encouragement even if it's for an hour because we all we we need at least an hour You know for ourselves a day if we can get more awesome but we deserve at least that so yeah
1: amen i could not i could not agree with you any more than that so we're gonna start like right from the top jasmine and Mm -hmm. you know like like you know the good old open heart raw story fashion we start with your childhood which i always like to label the cocoon Mm -hmm. um so (laughs) let's talk about your childhood the good the bad and the in-between,
0: the floor is yours. Sure. Well, thank you. Um, so a little bit about me. I grew up in Palm Bay, Florida. Um, I actually was born in New Jersey, but my parents moved me down to Florida when I was one. So I am a Florida girl by heart. Um, I moved to New York um, when I went to college. And um, now I am back here in Florida absolutely loving it um, about my childhood we'll start from the beginning um, I had very supportive and loving parents um, my family growing up my town is, um, is a pretty small town growing up um, it's a very conservative town mm-hmm. um, and I feel like I had a pretty healthy support network um, for the most part, my parents were very involved in the community um politically and um in their churches. and um, my mom specifically, um she was an elected official in oh, our wow. county, yeah, and um so I had the really cool opportunity of meeting, you know, um, you know, city councilmen and congressmen and senators and and governors and Um, so it was, it was a pretty unique and, and I feel on hindsight, it was a pretty awesome, um, childhood I had, um, you know, um, and we'll get into it. I did have, you know, some struggles, um, but for the most part, um, on the outside and at least on, you know, on paper, it would seem that I would have a pretty stable and healthy childhood. So
1: it seems like growing up, you know, foundationally, you had that strong sense of security and stability, you know, having both your parents very active in your life and helping Mm -hmm. to kind of structure you. And I think, you know, a lot of the times, you know, with past guests, you know, a lot of that their struggles kind of come from like the root of, you know, their parents and the sense Mm -hmm. of whether it be raised in a single family home and having the one missing parent or things of that nature. But Mm -hmm. I I have to say that, you know, struggle and trauma and challenges, we all experience it Mm -hmm. on on every level. And just Mm -hmm. because let's say we have like the perfect family unit, we all have things that we are working through on ourselves. Um, and that's just something that, you know, we, I want to recognize that a lot of people always, some people make judgments, right. To, to say like, well, you can come home from a two person family and a mom and a dad, and it looked like everything was stable, like, mm-hmm. like what you said, which it was, but you still, as a person that is growing up in this world, we all have our trials and tribulations that we are working through. Um, so I just wanted to definitely put that as out there for the listeners that, you know, everyone goes through their fair share of trauma. No one is excused. So yeah, that's something that I, that's great that you touched upon as well
0: in your story. And you're so right. I think that a lot of times, um, you know, people will make excuses for why something is like this or why is this and that. And, because of some external factor and not necessarily it could be something. I mean, look at, at me. I, I had really supportive and, and loving parents, but there was just something um, that I don't, I mean, I don't necessarily know, um, but, or how it became, but it was, you know, and um, I, I think that um, in hindsight, it really shaped I'm grateful for, you know, that experience, because it shaped um, who I am as a person. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm actually so grateful for this opportunity to share it. And um, Yeah. Um,
1: and we can definitely I think that's a great segue, because, you know, as you were growing up, and I think this is a perfect way to introduce this, um, and talking about what your internal struggles were, was, you know, as you were growing up, Jasmine, how did you see yourself? In yeah, and well, we can definitely talk about the roots of yeah. of all of the things that you've now have overcome and continued to heal from.
0: Sure. So um, so the th- the thing that I particularly struggled with growing up was um, um, self image, a negative um body image, um, you know, an eating disorder for the most part. Um, growing up. And it's interesting because if you look at my family, so I'm Latina, um, and so if you know about a Latin family, is uh, we're very big on get-togethers and eating, mm-hmm. a lot of eating and social gatherings, and so um, you know I would have, and my like I said, my parents were very much involved in the community and and. And, um, so we would have a lot of people around us all the time, you know, and so in food and, and get togethers and, um, in a Latin culture, um, generally, um, if you don't eat and you don't eat a lot, then you may not be healthy. Like you may, you know, and I could speak to, you know, my, you know, my grandparents or aunts and uncles, um you know, that I would call, my grandparents actually were in New Jersey, but, you know, um, adopted grandparents and uncles here in in, in Florida, you know, they would, they would feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, because in that culture, in this culture, you know, um, if you eat, you're happy, eat, 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 eat you know, and um, I remember, um, you know, once it started to get a little bit um, out of control and I started to gain some self-awareness about it. I was very little I was probably like eight mm-hmm. and we were at a party and um you know I was eating just being a happy little kiddo and um you know one of the older grandmothers you know in Spanish said to me you know you're you know you're a chunky little thing you're chunky you know you're 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 in other words, you know, you're you're fat, you know, and I and she didn't really say it. Um, She said it more in a concern, not, not in a positive light, like, oh, you're so cute, fat, more like, you know, you have to stop eating. And that's right. something that's is really delicate to introduce at such a young age. Right. Obviously, we all would live, you know love to, people that we care about, we want to be able to encourage them to make positive eating choices. But I believe the way that it was said, it, you know, it it left a little bit of a scar to Mm. me. And so I started to say, Oh, you know, this is a negative thing, the way that I look, this is, you know, this is, and then from there, it, it just became a little bit exacerbated. I, um I became upset about that. And then, you know, and then I would eat, You know, and, and it, um, I also look back and, and, um, I think there was a few moments where, um, it really, the negative self image that I had, um, affected my choices as well. Like, because, um, I felt like I was, did not look like the other girls or I was, you know, heavier. Um, I said no to a lot of different things and I quit a lot of different things. For example, um, I love dancing right (laughs) that's what I do now and um I wanted to be in cheerleading and I wanted to do dance and I remember um you know being able to be part of the cheer squad but I had to wear these tiny little uniforms you know and Mm -hmm. I was the biggest uh you know I didn't look like the other girls and I had you know a bigger uniform and you know they had to order a different one for me and and um I just felt like really excluded. Mm. And so um, I quit because I just didn't want to be, I I was ashamed, you know? Um, I don't know if I thought I was then, but like, like I said, looking on in in hindsight, you know, I was embarrassed. I said no to dancing. I said no to being, and I kind of retreated a little bit, you know, Um, just because I was so embarrassed that I didn't look like other people and that I didn't fit in. Um, even if I loved dancing or ma- even if I was good at it, I didn't look like I sh- You know, I didn't look the part.
1: Mm-hmm. So, um,
0: yeah, I um, and that was so little. I was so little, and it started to to change a little bit. Um, as I was entering um middle school, so then I you know, new school, um, <clears throat> I went on the opposite spectrum where I said, okay, this is new school, new opportunities, new people, you know, I have to, I have to, to change, you know, I have to change my course here. And right. so then I went on the other side, I joined volleyball, which was healthy, right? Physical activity. And it was a big thing for me to join that. Um, but i only did it after i lost a lot of weight. Mm. A lot. I wasn't willing to do it with the way that i was at the time. So i said, "Okay, i want to play volleyball. I want to be active, but i have to lose weight in order to do it." Right. You know, and you know, that's that's really sad because all these other opportunities that i could have said yes to, i said no because of fear, right? Mm. And so you fear of being know. judged yeah, and um, fear of not maybe being perfect, not fitting that model. And um, it's kind of interesting because now that I look back, right, um, so like I said, my parents were involved with politics and community. And so when you're kind of in the limelight of things, right, you have to be a certain way and not necessarily nobody ever told me that. But that's what that's the story that I played in my head. I have mm-hmm. to be like this. I have to be like that. I have to look like this, um, so, so yeah. I I was on this unhealthy path or path of, of just kind of comparing myself to people and and saying no to things because um I didn't think it was for me. Yeah,
1: you know, I didn't and think
0: you, I that model.
1: Yeah, you brought up actually a really couple couple points throughout what you were. Just sharing with with the listeners and and our guest is, you know, I think you know one thing about like you know food, you know, a couple things, you know, especially like growing up you know, with you, you, Latina, me, African-American, like we were like trained to be like, yo, you eat everything on the plate, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's served, right? Because yes, generationally speaking, like, you know, back in the day, we didn't have the luxury of having the abundance of all the food, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, genera- generations back. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I have a Southern family and it's like very much like you eat everything that you were being served. Like, I want this plate back clean right? Because there's the root of, of food. And then, you know, even even in our, you know, very, very prominent in our society, you know, we deal with stresses, everyday stresses, trauma, challenges, and a, a large part of that coping mechanism is food because it gives us almost that immediate nour- nourishment that we need. But sometimes, you know, it, it happens in excess. So, you know, a lot of the times they're like, oh my God, you know, I, I want to eat to not deal with stress, to cope and, and things like that. And it's all in moderation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you could, like you say, you went to the other side of the spectrum of, of your journey um, through your eating and, you know, you weren't, you know, you. I wasn't eating enough. Exactly, exactly. Right. So it's almost like there has to be like this harmony and this sense of moderation. And I, I want to just read you a quote because you touched upon something that um, is really, really, really big. And I think it's about acceptance and self acceptance and radical self acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, and we grow into that. I think we all grow into that. I struggle with, you know, radically accepting the humanness of myself um, a lot of the times. And, you know, I think that this quote really speaks to what you just said. There is a difference between fitting in and belonging. Mm -hmm. And fitting in is being accepted for being like everyone else. That cookie cutter, what society deems as perfect, right? Mm -hmm. The, The size, you know whatever, like two, four, whatever the case may be, six, right? You have to be a certain height. You have to be even a certain skin color. You know, there's so many things that people deem as being perfect.
0: It's so sad. It's so much pressure.
1: So, so much pressure, right? But I think what we, and what you're touching upon is, and what you're doing right now with your, your fitness journey and being a wellness coach and being um, a great Zumba instructor is that you are really casting a net of belonging, which is being accepted for who you are, not what society deems as you being able to fit in. So that's a really, really big piece of, of I think, what you touched upon that I think was very impactful for the listeners to hear.
0: Yes. Thank you.
1: Yeah. So continuing on your story and, you know, you're in this new school and you decide, you know, I'm going to lose all this weight and I'm, I'm going to join volleyball, you know, because of course our society and our environment deem that you have to be this, you know, perfect cookie cutter form, right? right. Where, where did your journey continue into that? And what were sort of those moments or moments in your young adulthood that you felt like, okay, this might be my breaking point and this might be the wake up call that I need to start changing?
0: Sure, sure. So, um, we'll fast forward here. So, um, going back, I, I, I was a, a negative zero, or it was a double zero, double zero. I was double zero. So I went from being, you know, an obese or uh, child to anorexia for the most part. Um, and then, um, and then toward the end of my high school i actually gained it all back again i started gaining a lot of weight um i i i in hindsight oh well right now i can i now um realize that um when i if i binge eat or or do something like that it is based on an emotional aspect that i would eat a certain way or 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 not take care of myself or this and that so it's it it has a lot to do with um, what emotionally I'm feeling. Like food was my outlet, food was my outlet. So um, I went through a pretty bad, my first breakup in high school, you know, and um, you know, the first puppy love. um, And then um, from there, you know, I was, I was heartbroken. So I ended up gaining a lot of weight and using food as my outlet. And then the breaking point here. So I graduated high school. Um, I was with, uh, um, my boyfriend at my high school or end of the high school boyfriend at the time. And, you know, I was madly in love, I was young and in love. And he wanted, um, to move to New York to pursue, um, an NYPD career. And because he was, you know, generational and that was his dream. And so, um, you know, I was in love. And so I said, you know, I'll go with you. And um, I grew up here. And I, and I did very well in school, you know, I had some scholarships for some local colleges here, but I, I threw it all aside, because I wanted to be supportive of him. And and it was all about him. And so we moved to New York, and um, it didn't end up working out to the point where it became really unhealthy. Their relationship. Um, you know, he you know, he was a rookie and he was put into a pretty stressful hard neighborhood and he would come home really stressed and he would be, you know, emotionally abusive and it was tearing me up inside. So I did everything that I could to to make him happy. And, you know, like I had just mentioned food is my outlet. So if I started eating and eating and not, you know, I didn't care for myself at all. I didn't work out and do anything. It was all about, um, what I could do to make him happy and what I could do to make this relationship work. Right. And I felt really alone. You know, I, I didn't know anyone in New York. Um, my closest relative was in New Jersey. So the next date over, um, I was in college full time and I also had a job um, and I think the breaking point of where I was like, I can't, I have to let go of this life and just focus on me from now on and not, and really not care about others, like the outside, like my, I live my entire life like that. Um, I think the breaking point, I'll, I was, um, we moved in together and I was, you know, we were married without the paper i was 19 at the time yeah. <laughs> We, were, yeah it, when you live with someone you're married without the paper in my eye I,
1: I always say that i'm like that is like essentially like, been with somebody and i'm and we get a flow in life and we are fully kind of incorporating our lives together that is a partnership like that is what it is like that's a partnership i would be like that is my partner that is my partner in life we are married without the paper that's a partner yeah exactly
0: totally and i was 19 i was a baby <laughs> i was so you know i was a you know i was so young and so i took on you know all the cleaning the laundry the grocery shopping you know all of these household duties right while he attended work and um and and i was in school full time and i had a job So the weight of the world was on my shoulders. And I remember um, running in between class and um, I was doing the laundry because we didn't have a laundry um, uh, on our facility. I had to go to the laundry mat. And I remember running in between class trying to get the laundry done. And um, I was literally sprinting with like a huge bag to try to make it to the door to fold all the clothes before he got home because I knew he was going to be really mad and he was going to be upset that it hadn't been done. And it's snowing at the time. And I, f- I had this big bag I was running to the door with and I, f- <laughs> I fell right on my face in the snow. Yeah. And I, I ended up skinning my knee. The clothes went everywhere. The clean clothes went everywhere. um And I just sat in the snow crying hysterical um because it was just i can't live like this i can't i can't live to make someone else uh acceptable of me to accept Uh. me i can't live trying to make someone accept me and and that's the, the the narrative i played in my head and so um we had talked about it for a long time you know about how it wasn't working and so I decided oh I forgot to mention a really big point too um we were engaged
1: at wow. the time yeah.
0: yeah yeah so um I had to um you know I had to I couldn't live like that I gave him back the ring he came home and and I gave him back the ring and I was only going to leave with the clothes that I had he could keep everything hmm um and he didn't think I was gonna do it he didn't think I was gonna do it um I think he completely took me for granted but I couldn't I was I couldn't do it anymore so I I lived in my car for two days (laughs) with my clothes um and then I had um she's my angel. Um, one of my best friends, Katie, um, she opened up her home to me. Um, and her her parents are wonderful. And they allowed me to, to move in with them for temporarily till I could just get my feet under me again. But I think the only thing that really, um, and I'm sure we'll touch on this that really sustained me in that time of feeling alone, because I, like I said, I was in New York, I didn't have I didn't have my parents, you know, I didn't have family nearby. Um, it was, it was my faith in God. Mm-hmm. And, and um I grew up in the church for the most part, but really in that moment of, of just complete um, devastation, um, it was the only thing that had anchored to me. Cause I like inside, like I wanted to die. I'm, I'm have no place to go. I'm, so embarrassed. This engagement, you know, it needs to be broken. I didn't feel good about myself. I gained all this weight. You know, I didn't know what path was it going to have to quit college. I didn't have a place to go, you know, Um, and literally the only thing that I had was my faith. I remember going to church growing up, but um, I really dug in deep to my faith because I was just I was desperate for an anchor and I'm just yeah. um, the the experience was terrible, but I, I would do it all over again to have the type of faith that I have now. And if I can share my story and allow someone to just um, to lean on, to find an anchor to lean on um, so they can go to this other side, because I'm very, Life is not perfect, but I am in a much happier place than where I was, as you can yeah. see.
1: And you know, it's so great what you what you mentioned. Um, and I say it's great because, you know, when you start to, and I think this happens a lot, I, I truly feel like the most influential or inspiring people in the world that are really kind of leading this space of, helping people to change or help them guide them to change for the better. They all go through these, what I like to call these dark nights of the soul experiences Mm -hmm. where it's almost like it's basically a rock bottom right literally it is a rock bottom where you feel like i i i have almost like nothing right you yourself and and even past guest on on season 1 dr ryan lived out of his car for a brief moment we have someone else on the show that talked about living out of his car for 2 years and just giving it all up and walking out on faith walking out on faith and knowing that this life that i'm living right now at this moment Is not the life that God or the universe or Source Energy has Mm. me, you know, has prepared for me. It Mm. is out of alignment, and for me to like really dump, you know, dive in deep and trust and have faith. I, you literally have to go through those moments where you like, I gotta give it all up and give it up to
0: God or, or one hundred percent. And one thing that um, my mom. Uh, has always said to me is um, you don't find God in the in the good places like you find God you do find God in the good places but you really get to know him in those dark places like you said Uh. because you just have no choice you know you just you have when everything goes when you know if you don't have a home you don't have this you don't have that you know you have God and so I always kept that with me and so that's when i leaned in and actually um it was so crazy around the, all this is happening jennifer around the whole thing that this is happening um i i told my mom some of it but she had no idea that i was actually living in my car you know i wanted to be strong for her yeah and so i you know she would say how are you and i'd be like i'm okay i'm fine and i didn't want her to worry I didn't want her to worry, you know? And so um, I, like I said, I'm grateful for that, for those experiences um, because it was not in, while I was going through it, but in hindsight, um, I don't know if I ever would have solidified my faith if I hadn't gone through that.
1: Right. And you spoke about um, your wonderful best friend, Katie, kind of being a support system for you during that time in your life where you really felt like she, you know, she gave you a sense of security. You were seen, you were fully embraced by her and her family. Mm -hmm. And they kind of like, you know, took you in to kind of say we will help you, you know, other than Katie, like did you have any other support systems in your life other than your parents and Katie and how did that really show up for you? How did they show
0: up for you? Sure. So I had Katie and Melinda. So those are my two best friends. Um, it's funny how I met them uh, because so they, I met them. I was in, a, um, I was in a club at my college. And so, um, my boyfriend at the, or excuse me, my fiance at the time, um, he didn't want me to be too active on campus. Um, probably, uh, out of the concern of, you know, maybe I would be this college crazy girl or something like that. Maybe he, he was thinking, painting that image in his head, but he just didn't want me to be involved. And um, that was the one thing to join this club, was the one thing that I really dug my heel in and said, no, I have to, I have to meet people. I have to be social. Mm-hmm. And in that club, I had Katie and Melinda. So I think about it all the time. I think, okay, well – if I really didn't go with what my soul was really leaning into, if I would have gone with what somebody wanted rather than what I really wanted, I would have, I would have had no one. I would have not met Katie. I would have not met Melinda, you know, and they, both of them, they, they are really what kept me in, in New York or at least allowed me to get my feet under me. Um, If I needed something, if I, if I was having a bad day, if I was crying, they were there for me. Um,
1: I love that. And yeah. I think, you know, with Katie and Melinda, and I've said this on um, past episodes, and I always kind of ask that question about support systems, because I really, truly feel that that can just, like you said, kind of give us that safety net that we need. We all are walking our paths mm-hmm. individually, um, but we do we do, there is a need for connection and having that support system that only wants to see the best for you. And I always say that nothing is ever a coincidence in life. Um, And like you joining that club and you, like you said, feeling that soul call to join that club, you know, and answering that call to do that, you know, I truly feel that God put, Katie and Melinda in your life because they knew that they, those two people would be very instrumental in helping you become you and continuing to help yourself become more of who you are supposed to be in this lifetime. So I always say support systems, in my opinion, are, are angels on this earth. They, they get this you know instruction that is like, I'm going to help this person. And I, I always want to give shout outs to support systems because support systems don't necessarily have to be your blood. It could be it could be a stranger. Yeah. it could be your friend. it could be it could be anybody in all reality that can really help to just give you that that safety net that you need to to give you that courage to to say, you know what? I got your back. I know this is scary because marching in a new direction in your life and doing it in a very fast pace
0: mode, yeah, it's
1: scary. it's scary as hell, mm-hmm. you know and I think, you know, our support systems are there to be like, you know, it's okay. You got this, you got this, you got this. So I, I truly feel like they're, they're angels on this, on this earth for sure.
0: Absolutely. And my mom too, um, my mom, even though I couldn't, at the time, I was just scared to tell her the entirety of what my situation was. Um, she checked on me constantly, constantly, constantly and you know she was going um through her own things this is actually around the same time my parents were actually going through divorce as well which was a whole nother thing that was i was taking on at the same time so and that's part of the reason why i didn't share with her everything too because i didn't want to bring that in this more of what was going on yeah um
1: i can relate i totally can relate i'm same thing i mean similarly to you like you know, at, at that time, you know, at a time in my life, and I shared this on episode one, my, my full story was, you know, my parents went through a divorce and they were dealing with the death of their son at the same time. So for me, even sharing what I was going through, like my depression and, and all that other stuff in the midst of all that, I didn't want to be a burden to my parents. So mm-hmm. I kept that all inside of me. I never shared any of that with my mother. I never shared anything like that with my father, of what my struggles were, because I already knew that they were dealing with so much and I didn't want to be added stress to them. So right. I can totally relate to you in that regard.
0: Yeah. And you know what is, and now, you know, life is going to throw us all of these curve curveballs, and we don't have to do it alone. You know, right. I always thought that um, I could, try to do it on my own I could do it on my own and like but the beauty of it is is that um God will put people and in situations and things in your place where you can anchor onto it you can hold on to it so um yeah I'm very grateful for for mom for Melinda with Katie um I'm very grateful for them I'll always I'll always be in debt to them Mm -hmm.
1: So we, you know, we've gone from the cocoon stage and then we built the new foundation where we talked about your breaking point and how you really started to shift a lot of things in your life. And this is kind of one of my favorite questions is because I really feel like this outlines the blueprint for people is your spiritual GPS, right? So what, what steps did you take to really shift the paradigm in your life and direct it in a more purposeful way? Like what, what, what do those steps kind of look like in becoming Jasmine?
0: So I always say to have faith is not, it's not, it's easier said than done because you, you just don't wake up and say, okay, I have faith. You know, I think it takes practice. I think it takes consistency and um, one of the things when I was, I made sure of, that I did when I was going through everything um, was no matter what in the morning, I always took a certain amount of time, at least 10 minutes and just prayed to God and just, and, and say, okay, well, these are the things that are going well in my life. And I think that's so important to be very uh consistent and strategic and, and, and to, and that in my particular case to, um, practice, you know, words of affirmation that I am worth it, that I I am going to get through this, that I am loved. And you know what, um, not every day you actually feel that way. But I made a point to make sure I did. And I feel like it's almost like a, like a fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm worth it. I'm worth it. I'm beautiful. I can do this. You know, I would play those narratives in my head, even though on that same day, like, you know, i gain five pounds or this and that and we you know it's just and and it'll stick it'll stick eventually you know praying and and believing and having faith if you do it consistently and you do it enough it'll start to stick i think that was a more direct uh approach of me um starting to shift my mind into a healthier direction and i think also too um i think you some days you feel great and some days you don't, you know, and on the days where you really are finding it hard. I think those are the days you need to, to do it even more. Yes. Instead of me praying in the morning for 10 minutes, I'm going to be praying a few times throughout the day. I'm going to take 10 minutes, you know, four times a day and just come back to a healthier spot. And then, you know, I think every day is different. As long as you know, you that's what feeds your soul you go to it and you do it consistently
1: i love that i love that and similarly i you know i have a a morning practice where you know i meditate and they always say like you know prayer meditation are are sort of key to really just kind of start your day um, before anything before you even like touch your phone Mm -hmm. and you know I, i journal i have like a gratitude list that i do and i and i couldn't agree with you more jasmine that having that ritual because that's a ritual and it's a routine it's a ritual right because there's a sacredness to it Mm -hmm. um and that can really start to to shift some things and I love what you said too because you know a lot of people you know in our society think like you know everything and it's a sense of control like everything is on my shoulders to do to put action into if I like for example if I want to be a millionaire I have to make it happen throughout the whole time but when you kind of put yourself in that position, you also cut out the spirit
0: mm-hmm. at that, at
1: that space. And I always say, and I have to practice it too, because I, I ain't perfect. Um, it's really,
0: <laughs> no it I, is we're, we're no just like, run progress, progress, right? We're
1: imperfectly perfect. Right? right. And I always say like, you know, the great way to live is living in between the space of making things happen and letting things happen
0: Ooh, that's powerful yeah it's yeah. so powerful and i think we're a society that wants things now like we want it immediately we want to feel better right now we want that job right now we want that person that we're going to marry or be with forever right now and i think that um there's it's really awesome to enjoy the journey too to realize the journey along the way. And um and I think that it's having that, like you said, that ritual, oh, it is it's awesome. That's your time. And um and and maybe this what you're waiting for for it to happen, like that this consistency that you're doing, like that's you're You're building up great habits. you're building up healthy habits. If you were given if it was given to you right away, you know how would you develop that consistency, that ritual? you know, otherwise? you know yeah,
1: Absolutely. And I think that's so important too, especially for the listeners, is to understand that you know especially if you're an empath or a giver or any person that always puts people before themselves, I, I mean, people please there's many, many, many there's categories, right? And oftentimes what we all kind of relate back to is that we don't fill up our own cup first. We fill up other people's cup first and yeah. then we fill up our cup last. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And part of the steps that you kind of talked about, which I think is so important is, and no matter it's no matter what, like you could be a mother with five children, you could be, you know, a, a CEO mogul, like running multiple businesses all at the same time, you know, consistently. It's really making sure that your cup is filled first and then whatever spills over in that cup, that's what you give.
0: Absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, I love this part because I always feel like, you know, it's like we always have this questioning, right? And I really feel like, you know, as we start to dive deep and change our lives to direct it in a more purposeful way, the way that we're supposed to be, the way that we're living out our purpose, we're always going to have, like you mentioned, Jasmine, that fear, that uncertainty, those doubts about it, because we're going from something that was familiar to the unfamiliar, right? Mm -hmm so for you and for the and i think the listeners would be interested how you know did you feel a sense of uncertainty or had doubts about the direction of your life and if you did you know and i think i know the answer to this like what gave you the power and the inspiration to overcome those doubts and persevere
0: um absolutely so i absolutely felt those uncertainties and those doubts um i think what gave me the power and inspiration to overcome that, um, those doubts and and persevere uh, was definitely my faith. And um, I come back to um, walk by faith even when you can't see, you know? And so I didn't know where I was. I didn't know what my path was going to be. I didn't know, you know, should I stay in New York? Should I go back to Florida? Should I you know, quit college. Should I stay in college? You know, should I, you know, I just, I prayed on it. I prayed on it. I prayed on it. And I didn't know what was exactly going to happen, but I knew that what did happen, it was for his purpose. It was for, it was for, it was for a purpose. And it was for, it was part of God's plan. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because like, like, look at everything that I went through, um, and like I said, I and when I was nineteen and, and really young, I I would do it all over again to be to be where I am now. You know, so I didn't I would whatever even through the pain, there's going to be purpose.
1: Mm. I, I couldn't agree with you more and I and I love that you said that because, you know, oftentimes, you know, we as people, we all go through our traumas and our difficulties and, you know, I think what you touched upon is so important that, you know, you would do it all over again. You would deal, you would deal with that struggle and that, and those, you know, traumas and challenges because it helped to you to arrive at the person that you are today. And, you know, we don't know what light is unless we know what darkness is, Mm -hmm. right. We don't know what happiness is unless we experience sadness. So, and all of those things, I really feel like they really, Those troubles build up your spiritual like artillery, right? Your your tools to really say, you know, okay, I I I I I know what fear feels like. I know what sadness fears feels like. I know all of these things. I'm familiar with these things. I dance with those things at 12 a.m. in the morning sometimes.
0: Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) back again.
1: Here we go. You know, I know that familiar voice. And, you know, it's just, you know, also, like you said, like making the choice not to ignore it, but also to say, you know what, I re- I'm going to find the light in the darkness, and I'm really going to look at all of everything that I've gone through and understand that it helped to shape that person that you are today, because that was in a very weird space, like, but that was very instrumental in who Absolutely.
0: you found. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. I always feel like every person, again, that has been very inspirational, that I identify as being inspirational, influential, has always had some a lot of struggles in the beginning, but they would have never arrived at that person that they are today without them. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you are, you know, you became a fitness instructor and now you're like this wellness coach. And, you know, again, guys, if you are in Florida or online, and if you guys want to take <laughs> Jasmine's Zumba class, um, guys, <laughs> definitely sign up. They are spectacular. Um, I, would, I would definitely say I encourage you guys to do it because it's just so much fun. Um, and so for my question for you, as we're going on this new path, when you became a fitness instructor and wellness co- coach, like what were your main soul goals? Like what were the goals that were connected to your soul?
0: I love this question. Okay, so let's rewind a little bit here. How did I even get into Zumba? Yes. So, um, so I had done Zumba in, in Florida. I had attended a class. I knew what had to do with dancing. I said, okay, I like to dance. Um, I was heavy at the time, but I said, "Okay, I'm gonna give it a go. I'm just gonna suck it up. I'll, you know, I'll try it out." And I was terrible. <laughs> I was so bad. I could not keep up at all. This and that. And I, I loved the music, and I was, you know, doing my best. But like, I just, I wasn't getting it. But this was the game changer here. The instructor, um, she came up to me (laughs) right in front of me I was in like the the side second row and she was pointing me out that I was messing up and just you know and really um she kind of like flicked her head and everything kind of like why don't you get it type of thing. Wow
1: talk about amplified.
0: I was so embarrassed I already had came in with insecurities after leaving that class like I wanted to jump off a building Uh, (laughs) I was like oh my god I was devastated something that I really loved I let someone you know at that moment really shatter me Uh I was so embarrassed um and if you take the Zimba training you're actually not even supposed to do that which is a whole nother thing she just felt it upon her heart you're, it's Zumba you can't do wrong because it's, it's cardio, it's cardio dance, just moving everything. Have, there's not really technique involved in terms of like, if you're doing strength training or some. you know, obviously doing a proper squat or, you know, is important. But with Zumba, you just, you move and you burn calories. So yeah. I don't know what was going on, you know, with her, but she felt like she needed to point me out in that moment. And it devastated me. I didn't go back at all. Um, I didn't go back until, um, I moved to New York and I was staying at Katie's and Katie said, we got to go to the gym. We got to get, you know, we got to get you out of this funk. Cause obviously, you know, I was hanging on for dear life, you know, um, with my emotions. So she said, let's go to Zumba. And I was like, What? I was like, I'll never do Zumba ever. I was like, I told her and she's like, just try it. It's different with every instructor, you know, and I said, okay. So I went to it again. So terrible. I could not keep up, but the instructor didn't point me out. I kind of, you know, I just, I did my best. And so it wasn't as bad. I said, okay, let me try this again. I still wasn't good. I kept going, just kept going, just kept trying it. And then eventually I started to get the hang of it. And then I started to lose weight. And then, you know, I was excited of the results and how I was feeling. And so I became obsessed with it. I wanted to take every Zumba class with every instructor. And um, I went to Rhythm Z Studio and I met um, Sierra. Um, She was so awesome and so supportive. Um, she would be my Zumba mom, I guess you could call it, um, because she was encouraging of, you know, everyone was there. And, you know, it wasn't about if you were going on the right foot at the right time, it was about how are you feeling like internally? How are you, you know, are you moving? Are you Is there a smile on your face? And so I completely resonated with that. And so I wanted to take all the Zumba classes I could, but I couldn't afford it so she told me she told me she said okay if you become an instructor at the studio you can take all the Zumba classes you want so I said okay I'm going to become an instructor so I can take all the Zumba classes became an instructor got certified she allowed me to take on a class at the studio and it became a whole nother journey on its own Mm. and so it went back I I thought it was for me, but it was really for for the people I was going to be along the way. The, this was, that was the game changer. And I love Zumba and I love group fitness, not necessarily for the workout, but before for the people that you meet and that you get to interact with. And I will always remember uh, with someone coming up to me, I'd been teaching for, I was at export actually. So that's where we met. <laughs> I was an expert, and um, and somebody who always came to my class. She was in the back. She uh, she was to say a friendly hi and stuff, and so I recognized her. And she said, "You know, can I can I have um, do you have a moment to talk after class?" And I said, "Sure." So she came up to me, and she's you know she started to share with me that um she was going to be moving to Brooklyn, and that um then she got you know, real emotional and said that this class on the Saturday, this one class that I was teaching um, has just really given her the strength because her mom was um, battling cancer. Mm. And so, um, you know, I came in, in, in the class with, you know, energy and positivity and just uh really encouraging everyone just to have fun, you know, be in that moment. And she said, You don't know what this has done for me. And and she says, I'll always be grateful. You know, I I'm devastated because I won't be able to make it on a Saturday. But any events that you do, please just count me in. I need to I need to be there. And so that taught me that when someone took the time, first of all, I was so humbled by that that she took the time to come and share that with me. Um That taught me that group fitness and Zumba and this and that is so much beyond the workout. It is about, like you know, what's feeding your soul. And so, what my main soul goal is, as a wellness and fitness instructor, is to allow people to just be themselves and to, to be in that moment, to be in that moment and dance, to be in that moment and let loose, to not care about who's around you or what's looking at you. To you know, to to be in that. And so I I explained my how I got into Zumba because I had the opposite experience with that first instructor. Wow. You know, and I almost I didn't go. I almost didn't go back at all. You know, so my main goal in being a fitness instructor and wellness coach is for them to for whoever I come in contact with in that arena to to be themselves and enjoy that moment and just to feel the music and to put a smile on their face and to, to just belong, I guess, mm-hmm. in that, in that area. That's really yeah. what I would like.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's the biggest thing. And it's, it's just recognizing someone else telling them like, I see you, I hear you, I embrace you for who you are and the person that you're stand that the person that they're standing in front of, like, I see you and just creating that space. And I always, and I always say this too, because you know, every time I, I lead and guide a class for yoga, I always say that the person that is guiding any class is a person that is creating a space, right? You're almost creating like a beautiful safe container right. for people to go on their own journey within
0: themselves. Right. And I would never want I would never want anyone to feel how I felt my first umba class. Not belonging, not feeling so embarrassed, feeling like a failure, you know? And so when I teach my classes and, you know, I look at my students and I pointed them and I have fun with them, you know, I pointed them like, in the sense that you're doing awesome, keep going. And, you know, and I feel like that is so important. So in a sense, um, this class and me teaching is not about me. It is about them. That's mm-hmm. really what, what I, I, I believe as, as an instructor and I can't tell you it's, it's done the same for me in the sense that, um, it's given me a lot because, you know, I've been able to lose weight, but you know, also I, I, I partake in that too. Like I, I have hadn't been in a couple of relationships, um, since then. And I remember breaking up, uh, a boy, I was devastated breaking up with a boyfriend right before class. Wow. (laughs) Right before I'm about to go in and teach a class. I was like, Oh my God, how am I going to do this? And I remember that story. I remember that moment where that, you know, the girl, she took time to come and tell me, you know, I needed this. I needed this not because I wanted to work out because it was just fulfilling my soul at that time. You know, so I'm like, wow, like, there could be someone in this class that that's experiencing something similar or so, or needs this. So I need I need to find enough strength to put this aside for an hour and and get through this and do this. And I can tell you, you know, th- the problem will meet you on the way out. But it is so awesome to just to remember to to be in that moment and to smile and and know that they're still good. You know, like they're still there's still going to be good moments beyond this, beyond that pain. So
1: I always say your best days are still ahead of you and you, you beautifully answered. Um, the next question is like talking about the time where you knew your work transcended the human experience and you Mm -hmm. were carrying out your spiritual assignment, which is the woman that was moving to Brooklyn. Like those stories were, it's like, it's, I always say those are spiritual confirmations. Mm -hmm. Um, that the path that you're carrying out in this lifetime, you're on the right path. You are aligned to it, um, and and it's and it's bigger than you. It's bigger than you Absolutely. being a human. It's like you are carrying out your spiritual assignment, and and that is so big. And I think that's those are those moments that you know again confirm, you know, the path that we're carrying out. So you are now a successful fitness instructor as well as a wellness coach. And I feel like for you, Jasmine, the sky, the sky is the limit. So my question to you is, do you feel like you are fulfilling your purpose in life right now or are you craving more?
0: I do feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose in life. Um, Whatever God puts in front of me, whatever opportunities, whatever relationships, um, I'll be humbly open and ready for it, I hope. I hope he's preparing me, you know, every single day. Um, but I am just so happy with where I am right now. And I think, um, I think everyone has purpose, and I think that um, mine is not being able to have this type of job or this type of house or this and that. It's really my purpose is to be with people and to allow people to feel comfortable um, with their skin because I struggled with that for so long. Mm -hmm. So I think that I am fulfilling my purpose because I'm allowing someone or whoever I come in contact with to be themselves and to be accepted and to be um to feel belonged. I I can also relate back to um my mom told me that I was always someone who befriended uh, <laughs> uh you know a new classmate or or whoever came in and I think something that's been really cool that I've been able to do um through fitness and through this Zumba um journey is to create community as well. Yes. Um, and I think that is so humbling and so amazing. And I can tell you, uh, I've gotten it quite often that, you know, someone has said, well, you know, I didn't really go out or I didn't really talk to socialize to people. this and that." And ever since I've joined your class, like I've met all these fun people and like, you know, I always like to f- let everyone know that they're included. Okay. And so, um, so I believe my purpose is in creating healthy community and then also within that healthy community, allowing everyone to feel like, like they belong and that, that they're, that they're valued, you know, and that, um, that I'm grateful for their presence there, you know?
1: I love that. I love that. And that, you know, reminds me of a past guest that we had on season one, Beck Gathman Landini, who um, really created this all-inclusive um, yoga studio called Luna and Soul Yoga Collective. And she is all about that. You know, she, it's a very inclusive, um, Uh, community that she built and and I think that's kind of what you're talking about in the sense of like you know no matter what size color um you know height whatever the case may be you know you're all about creating like this healthy community that spirit you know that is really coming together and and creating a sense of belonging and I think that's really key because oftentimes you know, I think for us, like, you know, about any person, you know, we struggle to kind of fit in kind of how we mentioned, right? So right. we feel we have to be these cookie cutter, you know, models of right. what society deems as valuable. And we often ignore that, you know, a lot of people, especially us as humans, we are almost, we're the opposite of that. And when you are allowed and you give the allowance for people to be their authentic selves mm-hmm. and to celebrate that authenticity That creates such a bridge for people to want to connect and you're connecting on a very deep level. You know, I always feel like when we, when I have these conversations with guests past and currently, like our, our relationship has grown deeper, you know, even if I have deep conversations with people and, and the purpose and the spiritual and the sacredness is part of it, you know, I'm always so honored by that. And I feel like that's definitely what you're doing. And, you know, for you, getting to that space of radical self-acceptance and grace, right? Giving yourself grace along this journey
0: right.
1: um, is, is really, really important. I think that's that's what you sort of learned and adopted um, to really start to change that trajectory. So I think you, you give so much. <laughs> you give so <laughs> much, Jasmine. You really, really do. Thank
0: you. I, I, um, I, I'm humbled by it. I'm humbled by... I'm grateful that people take the time to, we could be doing a million other things. There's a million other things to be done, but to be able to come and dance with me for an hour, I'm just, I'm humbled and I'm honored. And, and it's really awesome. I feel so grateful for this community that, um, that we've been able to build in, in Long Island. So,
1: yeah. So, you know, you give so much, Jasmine. You you give energy, positivity. Um, you can really create this beautiful container anytime that you do teach or interact with people. And with all of this success, how are you giving back to yourself? Like, how are you filling up your own cup?
0: I feel like as I'm giving to others, whether it be, you know, coming into class and smiling and making them feel encouraged I feel like I'm just getting it back I don't know I feel like when they're happy to be there I'm happy to be there I'm happy to be there they're happy to be there it's like a circle you know Mm -hmm. it's just like a cycle and I feel like you know you just never know who you're touching and and so it's always pay it always pays to be kind and to smile and allow people to feel good about themselves because you know it could be for the masses in my sense that I'm teaching you know a big class or it could be within a small group that you offer kindness or that reassurance or with a couple of people it's a beautiful cycle because they you give them the opportunity to be a blessing to others as well right okay. So um, I don't know. I feel like I love what I do. Um, I feel it's like my purpose and it just fulfills me and, and that's how I give back to myself. I just love it and, and I get smiles from it and I get positivity and great people. I meet great people along the way and, and, and that's how I get it back. I don't know. I just – I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for that.
1: Yeah. They call it um, an energy exchange.
0: Yes. Energy exchange. Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
1: So this is my favorite um, section of the podcast where we call it quick to the heart. So these are very quick fire round questions, which are not more than like a sentence or a word. So Jasmine, I have a question for you. Are you ready for quick to the heart questions?
0: Ready, 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 ready.
1: (laughs) Okay, so what is your favorite quote?
0: Okay, favorite quotes. So it was quoted in a Nelson Mandela speech. Um, it's actually by Marianne Williamson. It's a long quote, um, but it is, um, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that frightens us. We ask ourselves who I am to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous. Actually, who are you not to be? You're a child of God. That would be one of my favorites because, um, like I said in 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 my childhood, I said, I said no, I said no, I said no, I said no because I didn't think I was good enough for it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, but the moment that I allowed myself to be me, and um, I really got to fulfill my purpose, and that's to be able to to be with people and allow them to also um, fulfill their purpose and be, be accepted and, you know, belong. So I think that one would probably be one of my favorites. And then um, another one that I really love is um, train your mind and your body will follow.
1: Uh
0: I really like that because, um, you know, I wanted to, look a different way right I wanted to fit into these jeans I wanted to look you know a certain way to fill that um so I can participate in whatever again not not the healthy way of thinking but participate in something and so um but I really found the change wasn't my body that needed to be made it it was the change in my mind so I love that quote
1: love that love 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 What is your biggest source of inspiration?
0: My ooh, uh, I have a few, but I think it's probably my mom. My mom is my biggest source of inspiration. Both my parents are so amazing. Um, My mom, she is, uh, she is my rock. Like if I if I'm having a bad anything, you know, she can cheer me up, you know, and she also hasn't been super instrumental in um, this self growth that I'm still continuing to be on. I think we're always continuing to yeah. to grow, right? Healing um, is
1: never linear. We are always on the
0: path. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so mom is like, my cheerleader you know she'll send me videos and she'll say have you listened to this person and have you she'll send me this quote and she'll have and so um some days you know I really need it you know like she, she'll she just be thinking about me and, and she'll just send me something that I really needed in that instant especially when I was living in New York and I wasn't in Florida you know um I love her. And, and faith, my biggest inspirations. Um, I listened to a couple different pastors. Um, three of my favorites are probably um, Michael Todd, Sarah Jakes, and Devon Franklin. They're younger pastors. And it's really cool because um, I grew up um, Catholic, actually. And so um, I, you know, I it's Christianity, but it's, it's, the catholic church that i attended um it was kind of hard to, to to make it more um a more relatable to like everyday circumstances maybe more relatable um in the sense that you know it was a lot of bible uh, quotes right what i really like about these pastors is they also introduce that but it's more application based like how can i apply the word to what's going on in my everyday life. Um, So it's non-denominational. And so I feel like those three I really love. Um, And people who inspire me, other people. um, I love Maya Angelou. Um, She inspires me um, about loving on people. Mm -hmm. Um, Gabby Bernstein I really love. I love her because she inspires me to be present and um Brene Brown inspires me because um she inspires me to be vulnerable yes love that
1: what is the best advice that you've ever received or the best lesson you've ever learned
0: also uh shared by mom (laughs) best lessons and best advice um my mom shared with me the four agreements Uh, Are you familiar with Four Agreements?
1: Yes, Don Miguel Ruiz. Yes, Yes. great book. Be impeccable. I can't spit it out, but it's all like be impeccable with your word, take nothing personal. I'm forgetting the last other two. Yes, be impeccable
0: with your words. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions, and always do your best.
1: Yes, love that. So
0: powerful. I think that if you can do your best to get that in your mind and replay that in your mind. Oh my gosh. It'll save you from a lot of pain. It really will. A lot of internal battles.
1: I agree. What advice would you give to someone who feels that they have fallen short in light in life and cannot see their true light?
0: Um, advice to be kind to themselves, to be kind to yourself. I think um, that people need to give themselves permission to be human, right? And again, progress, not perfection, um, and that they're right where they're supposed to be, and that God will put a rainbow in their cloud, and that in the meantime they should just continue to prepare themselves, protect their minds, keep learning, and then um, and find ways to be a blessing to others and whatever way you can. And that's what I did. I, you know, I was not fully healed from, you know, the pain of, of that relationship not working out. But um, I, I did whatever I can to try to be a blessing to others. And then I was able to heal and then also find purpose.
1: Yes, absolutely. Last two questions. What
0: are you most proud of? What am I most proud of? Um, I am proud of that I'm finally getting on a healthy path of self-love, self-reflection, and self-respect. And over the years, um, again, mom has helped me learn this lesson and um, is to learn to have boundaries.
1: Mm, Yes. Yes, and for anyone who's listening about boundaries, if you guys need a really good book recommendation, "Boundary Boss" by Terry Cole.
0: Ooh, love Amazing.
1: that. So, yeah. yes, good way to practice boundary. Just kind of a shout out to her because that that book is is very very powerful. But yes, oh my God, boundaries. Yes, 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 necessary.
0: So important, and um, and and I working hard to protect um my soul and and. And negative thoughts. I'm proud of that. Um, that I've been able to to take on um, that daily ritual. And that, um, that I'm no longer sh- striving for perfection but progress.
1: Yes. Love it. Love it. And the last question. What are you most looking forward to with your work and your personal life?
0: Um, personally, I'm... I'm looking forward to continuing to learn and to cultivate positive relationships. Um, I'm looking forward to encountering more people and visiting more places and and finding things that will continue to inspire me to be the best version of myself. Um, I love to travel. I hope to be married with children one day, and um, that would probably touch on my personal life what I'm looking forward to and and then also um as far as work I am also excited for any new opportunities and doors that God will open for me and you know if that's in the fitness industry the wellness and health industry I'm open to it and if it's in you know higher education or or anything even you know political arena or whatever I'm 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 ready and and if that's where God leaves me then then I'll be excited and, and hopefully prepared for it right with that daily ritual and practice um I believe that um I am hoping that I can continue to encounter more people um through health and wellness so I can remind them that they're just, through the pain, there's going to be so many more reasons to smile, and that they will, um, that they'll, they just have to to find that community and find that anchor, faith, or, or, or wherever it would be, you know, and that um, they're still good in the world and they're still fun in the world, and um, take any opportunity to dance and, and be grateful.
1: Amazing. And last but not least, please give our guests your website and social media handles of where to follow you and to also join your online classes on a Friday.
0: Oh, so exciting. I hope that'd be great. So um I have a website. It is jazzyfit.com. It's ww.jazzyjazi fit f I t dot com. And uh, my Facebook is Jasmine Cologne, And my Instagram is um, Jazzy, J-A-Z-Z-I-E underscore fitness.
1: Love it. Well, thank you so, so much, Jasmine, for Mm -hmm. honoring us with your presence and your story. And, you know, really just taking us on the journey of of how you came to be. I, I always feel like your star is just, only going to continue to rise. And as you rise, you're going to be helping other people to rise in their journey as well. So thank you for, for just being on the show and, and sharing your story. I am immensely grateful for it.
0: I am so grateful too, for your friendship and so honored that you asked me to be here today.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I, I couldn't have think thought about an, a person more perfect for season two. So I was just like, I was like, cool. I already I had I had you written down my notebook. I was like, okay, <laughs> it's gonna be I'm on. Yes, I love it.
0: Thank I you, love thank it. you.
1: And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to this episode of Open Heart Raw Story. I hope you were inspired and felt moved by the story you heard today. If you enjoy this episode and want to listen to more, please subscribe to this podcast and follow Open Heart Raw Story on Instagram and Twitter. Until then, loves, take care of yourselves and lead your lives with an open mind, but most importantly, with an open heart. Hello everyone, welcome to this guided meditation focusing on Jasmine Cologne's episode. On this episode, Jasmine and I spoke about the difference between fitting in, which means to conform who you are to be accepted into a group versus belonging which means being your authentic self and people accepting you for who you truly are. So for this guided meditation, we're gonna be focusing on that sense of belonging by being your authentic self. So sit up nice and tall and close the eyes. Lengthen through the crown of the head and just take some nice deep breaths in through the nose and out of the nose. Nice, gentle nourishing breaths. And as you're taking some deep breaths into the nose and out, maybe you start to think about that the love and that sense of belonging starts within you finding that sense of self worthiness acceptance and love that all starts within you and when you find that and embody that love for yourself you radiate it out to the universe and as you're taking some deep breaths into the nose and out Maybe you start to think about that life is not about fitting in or shrinking to less than who you are. It's about honoring your brilliance and your perfectly imperfect self. And as you're taking some deep breaths in the nose and out, you start to think about that what we need more of in this world is radical acceptance of ourselves and unconditional love of ourselves so that we may show those same qualities to others and as you're taking your last deep breaths in the nose and out Maybe you start to think about this quote by the famous and beloved Ram Das, which goes like this, that we are all just walking each other home. We are hardwired for connection. And when we embody our own authenticity, we are able to radiate that much love and belonging as a collective, take a nice deep breath in through the nose, and a deep breath out. Maybe you start to bring some small movements back into the body, wiggling the fingers and the toes. And in your own time, when you are ready, open. The eyes. I thank you all for joining me for this guided meditation. I hope you found it useful, and I so look forward to you joining me for the next episode of Open Heart Raw Story. Take care.